In 2022, Team Milk came together by sponsoring female marathon runners for the marathon in New York City. Today, they're more than 20,000 strong. In 2024, Team Milk is making an even bigger commitment to female runners and launching the only women's marathon in the U.S., designed for and by women. The inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. You're listening to Into It from Vulture in New York Magazine. I am your host, Sam Sanders. And today, this episode, we're here to play a game. It's called Into It, Not Into It. And my guests this week, they are two friends, two former colleagues, two current mentors, and two all-around amazing journalists. I'm always excited for all of my guests to be on the show, but I'm super stoked. For these two, we've got Adi Cornish and Ari Shapiro. Hello, hello, hello. It's like a family reunion. Hey. It really is. It really is. How are y'all? Boy, I would have written a book just to be able to reunite with the two of you and have a conversation like this. So I'm I'm feeling great. I'm really happy. I love that. Oh, um, my God. To- Ari, you can text me. Come Everybody's on. busy. It's helpful to have a reason to convene. You can text me. You don't need a reason. <laughs> so uh, for listeners who don't know, the three of us all used to work together in public radio at NPR. Ari is currently the host of All Things Considered at NPR. Audie Cornish is doing some amazing TV and podcast work at CNN now. But I want you both to tell our listeners what you're doing these days and what projects you're out with right now. Audie, you got a podcast that's new or you have a book that's new. Tell us about it. Um, what am I doing? So right now I am hosting a podcast called The Assignment. And we uh, are actually going to be launching another season this week where we've been trying to find people behind the headlines of different stories. We're going to be taking on things like therapy speak and whether it is seeping <laughs> into our everyday language in a way that's actually not helpful. Yeah. Um, economists are people too. So we're going to talk to them about why it's so hard <laughs> to explain this economy. Uh, turns out they have jokes. So that's interesting. And yeah, it's just been a really fun show to do. And I'm also working on TV stuff. I'm working on a documentary. Hopefully that'll come out soon. And it's just nice to be with you guys again. Well, my whole thing, and and actually there's an article in the cut this week from our friend Hannah Rosen, where she's like, when did everybody start calling everybody a narcissist? Yep. Hmm. We we talk about that as well. (laughs) We talk about that as well. It's so much. Yeah. But you know what? Can I just add one more thing? Yeah. Um, One of the things about the assignment that I think you guys will both appreciate because we all kind of came up in a newsroom Mm -hmm. is there's so many stories that fall between beats and they don't really get covered sufficiently by either space. And that's especially true with pop culture. Mm. And we've not been afraid to bring that into our news work. Um, and I think exactly. people even hear that in the projects we're in now. The shit's connected. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of connected. I love it. Sam, it's funny because you describe me as one of your mentors, but I have learned so much from you oh on goodness. exactly the point that Audie is describing. I actually quote you in my book oh, in the I last saw chapter. It and I'm honored. Tell folks first what your book uh, is titled and about. Well, 
The title is The Best Strangers in the World, Stories from a Life Spent Listening. And it's a memoir. It's a collection of essays. And in some ways, it's an answer to a question that I've gotten a lot from my friends over the years. And I wonder if people ask the two of you this question. When you're covering the news and you see all the terrible things happening in the world and you talk to people on the worst day of their lives, how do you stay optimistic? And mm. the truth is I am an optimist and I do feel good about humanity and I do see like joy and hope and light in the world. And the reason has a lot to do with the people who I've met in my reporting and the people who have sort of changed my life over the years as I've told their stories. And so the, the book is in some ways like a memoir told through the stories of others in part. But the way that I quote you is talking about the imagined divide between hard news and soft stories. I'm, I'm honored. I am so honored. Listen, I am so excited to have made it into the book, and uh, I'm happy to call you all my friends. But with that, let's play a game that means absolutely nothing. Y'all ready? Oh, I love it. Yes. Okay. Audie yeah. always beats me at games, and so oh, I'm really glad those, that this game doesn't have a winner or a loser. <laughs> this is just... Those are over collaborative. Yeah, let's do it. So this game is really simple. It's called Into It, Not Into It. I share a story from the zeitgeist from the news, and you just tell me if you're into it or not and why. And then at the end of the game, I'll tell you who won based on whose opinion I liked the most. Question number one, are y'all into or not into the return of succession on HBO? Into it. Okay. Into it. Audie yeah. and I have had this conversation. Take it away, Audie. What do you mean? Into it. <laughs> into yeah. It. Right, no. What about you? Okay. I don't watch Succession. You see, now you remember. Now you remember. Well, I had I blocked it out of my mind so that I could maintain our friendship. <laughs> I actually went to college with Jeremy Strong, which is not the purpose of this, but I feel like it's a note that I have to include. <laughs> was he? Uh, in, wait, was Jeremy Strong that weird in undergrad too? Uh, I'll let you read the New Yorker profile. <laughs> Okay, there is an anecdote wow. in that profile. I can't believe I brought this profile Let's up again. Do it. Like yes, you did it to yourself. <laughs> I did it to myself. But there's a story about an Al Pacino masterclass for undergrads at Yale. And I was at that masterclass. And anyway, reading the story all these years later was hilarious. But okay, not into it. Why not? I understand that it is a great work of art. I understand that it is an incredible television show that I should be watching. I know that to be true. There's just too much toxic masculinity. I don't need to see alpha males trying to out-alpha male each other. I know that it is a well-done show. I'm sure that if I were bedridden and had to watch something, like it would entertain me and I would love it. I'm just not into it. See, I watch it for and the right? alpha females. Shiv is an alpha female. Jerry is an alpha female. I like it for that. I also like that the cast commits to the bit. Like, they are all in. So the premiere for the new season was earlier this week. And Nicholas Braun did shots on the red carpet. The whole cast danced together while cursing to Carly Rae Jepsen. Brian Cox, who plays the dad in the show, he yelled at photographers from the red carpet, which was totally true to form of his character. I wonder who he's screaming at. And he's not, he's not serious. I don't think he's real. I think he's having fun, right? He's having fun. He's having fun. He's having fun. I like Succession as a show, and I also like that the whole cast has kind of leaned into the crazy of it, too. Can, can we also just note, and this is a point that uh, our friend and former colleague Linda Holmes made very eloquently, there is an abundance 
of big budget shows about miserable rich white people. And it's I a watch thing many right now. of them. It's a thing right it now. It is such a thing. Can like I tell from you as a the not- White Lotus yes. to what Fleischman's in trouble to succession, like we don't need that many shows about well, miserable the Gilded Age. It's like miserable rich white people a hundred <laughs> years ago. But let me ago. tell like, you. But let me tell you, as a non-white, non-rich person, I love this are, shit. But miserable? I, are you miserable? <laughs> Some days when it rains in LA too much, I am like this week. But I don't know. Something uh, let about, me just jump in and yeah. add one thing here about why I'm into it. It's also its last season. Yeah. And I think there's really something to be said for understanding when, when and to how go. to end something. Totally agree and with that's, that. That's a good thing. You know, mm-hmm. this show has had some really great seasons, um, and the arc of it is is not going to be sort of dragged out just because it's a success. Uh, and I appreciate that. It's yet another reason why I'm into it, because yes. it's like, hey, I put in the time. Yes. Now you're wrapping up the story. We're all agreed it's time to wrap exactly. up the story. Let's do it. Into if it. they really want to make a drama and really want to make this last season pop— you got to kill the dad. Dad has to die. That's the only way the stakes actually change, in my humble right. opinion. Settle down, Sam Sanders, okay, with your pronouncements. Kill daddy. Settle down. Kill daddy. Let us let this unfold. The journey is the destination. <laughs> and I want them to surprise me in whatever way they do. I have loved the way they put this thing together, and I want to see how they wrap it up. I'll be watching Sunday. I'll be watching. Uh, question two. Are we into or not into the author of the book that inspired Mean Girls getting more money. She says she didn't get enough when she sold the rights for her book to become a film. I what do you think? I'm hearing about this for the first time right now from you, and I have no idea what the details of this particular case are, but I generally hear a lot of stories about people who created something incredible and selling it off for zero dollars, like the Von Trapp family singers for The Sound of Music. Wait, really? Because, oh, oh yeah, God. like they sold the rights to their family story to somebody who wrote a book, who oh. then sold the rights to that book for a movie and a Broadway That's musical. Wild. They toured for years as the Von Trapp family singers and made a living doing live performances, but they did not profit from The huh. Sound of Music. So I hear a lot of stories like that. I do not know at all whatsoever the details of the Mean Girls scenario. I am certainly not a lawyer, but I'm into her getting more money for okay. it. I'm just going to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're biased for writers in this group for sure. <laughs> I think one of the things to know about this case is that uh, the the author um, is also raising the issue of the fact that there was a musical adaptation. Yeah. And I think in the age of iter of IP, um, It is a real question, right? Because if you read her book, which I did when it came out, it it was nothing like Mean Girls, the drama. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Mm, Like it was it was about bullying. It was kind of a sociology book, and they adapted it and created something really fascinating. But since then, she's she's consulted on other projects they've done, so she's maintained her connection to them, and she basically says that she she doesn't feel like she's been treated well, which I think lots of writers do feel that. Mm. So this author's name is Rosalind Wiseman, and she wrote the book that inspired the movie Mean Girls. The book is called Queen Bees and wannabes. And when she sold the film rights for the book, she only got paid 
$400,000. But we know at this point, mm. Mean Girls as a franchise oh, yeah. has made a whole lot more than $400,000. And also, that was back in 2002, pre-streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Now I mean, that there's licensing of streaming libraries, there's a lot of back and forth about um, how you monetize um, existing work. So I, I'm surprised we aren't seeing more kind of questions like this. But it's not a solid legal argument to say, oh, I signed a lousy contract that I shouldn't have signed. Like, I I would like to see her get compensation. (laughs) But if she signed away the rights to this thing for $400,000, I'm sorry, but if the... Like, look, I'm into her getting more money. I'm not changing my answer. I am saying, however, like... Lawyers are supposed to look at these things and tell you that's not a good deal. It could turn into a huge Broadway musical or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I would say, okay, if she got $400,000 for the film rights in 2002, if I were the judge and had to pay her out now, how much would I give her for all of the Mean Girls IP that has spun out of that book? I would give her $5 million. Also remember, it's not just her, right? Like, this is a dialogue that's happening with her, Tina Fey, and Paramount. Oh, uh, well, Tina Fey is always involved in some kind of drama, the more I think about it. <laughs> but is I that was, true? Oh, Tina Fey. Remember how everyone a few years ago rewatched 30 Rock and was like, oh, yeah, fuck, that was racist. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, that was just a problem. Yeah. I think Tina Fey can spare a square. I think Tina oh Fey goodness. can just cut a check. I Come will on, hold Tina. my breath for the Sam Sanders business column uh, <laughs> and the legal questions that will arise yeah. from yeah. that. All right, more of the game after the break. But first, an ask. We need your help. If you like the show and want to support it, please consider leaving a rating and a review on Apple Podcast, And also subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Calling all female runners, it's time to lace up and join Team Milk. Since the 2022 New York City Marathon, Team Milk has sponsored female marathon runners nationwide, providing support and shining a spotlight on their unique stories, perseverance, and drive to go the distance. Why milk? Dairy milk is an excellent nutritional ad for both marathon training and recovery. Milk contains 13 essential nutrients, including high-quality protein, making it a crucial component of a training diet. Plus, it's one of the best beverages for hydration, even better than water. The same electrolytes that are added to many of your favorite sports drinks are found naturally in milk. And in 2024, Team Milk is taking the next step to empower female runners by launching the only women's marathon in the U.S. designed for and by women. Built to be accessible, empowering, and community building, the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon will take place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16, 2024. You can learn more and register for the marathon at everywomansmarathon.com. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 
360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Are y'all into or not into Hollywood's newest bad Nepo baby, Sofia Coppola's daughter, Romy? Rami. I don't know how you say it. Make a vodka sauce pasta with me because I'm grounded. Because I tried to charter a helicopter from New York to Maryland on my dad's credit card because I wanted to have dinner with my girlfriend. Okay, let's get started. I don't know if have y'all seen this story? Well, obviously that nepotism's not working out. <laughs> You're literally like, <laughs> I don't know their name. Also, are we accepting <laughs> that Nepo Baby is now a term in the dictionary and not just like a, a witty cover story word that New York Magazine invented? Oh, yeah. It is part of the cultural fabric at this point. It is in the lexicon now. It is literally. a thing. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yes. for sure. Okay. So let me tell you this Nepo Baby story. It's freaking wild. Uh, Sophia Coppola has a daughter named Romy Coppola, and Romy Coppola recently got grounded after she attempted to charter a helicopter from New York to Maryland to see one of her friends from camp. I think she was going to use How one of How old is this child? All right, this is 16-year-old. Her name is actually Mars. It's Romy Corquette Mars. Oh, um, okay. uh, but either way, obviously, she <laughs> feels comfortable yeah, uh, yeah. in her dynastic wealth <laughs> in order <laughs> to do such a move. Why um, do we know she was grounded? Because she because did a TikTok about it. Because it was in the New York Post. But Ari also, Shapiro. She made a TikTok <laughs> saying I tell got you. grounded. Yes. I'm sorry. So she, this so, child needs to be reined But in. wait, here's how it gets even weirder. Instead of just making the TikTok where she's like, I'm mad I got grounded because my parents wouldn't let me steal the credit card to get a helicopter from New York to Maryland for lunch. While she's making the TikTok explaining this, she's like making a recipe on TikTok because that's what the TikTok kids do. So she's like... Cutting onions and garlic and shallots, being like, I don't know if this is an onion or a garlic or what. And then she's explaining how she couldn't actually steal her parents' credit card. It's because they, they don't want me to be a nepotism kid. But TikTok's not going to make me famous, so it doesn't really matter. But is this an onion? Because I feel like this doesn't look like an onion. This looks like they're working so And this, yes, we're on. And this is Ari, um, my babysitter's boyfriend, because my parents are never home, so these are my replacement parents. I mean, on the one hand, after watching a Jenner try and cut a cucumber. Do you want um, the chef to make your snack? I'm making it myself. Just gotta chop up some cucumber. It's pretty okay. easy. You go, girl. I'm still very traumatized from that. I literally bought my three-year-old a small kid wooden knife just to be like, this This is not going to happen, this kind of infantilism. You know, the thing that was intriguing is that she was saying in the video, like, oh, I don't want to be seen. Like, my parents don't want me to be seen as a nepotism kid, which is very interesting <laughs> thinking of her mom, you know what I mean, in, yeah. in particular. Was a Baby. But she says, but TikTok is not going to make me famous, so it doesn't really matter (laughs) (laughs) while this thing is going viral. Okay, here's where I come down on this. Tell me. Should a child be trying to steal their parents' credit card to charter a helicopter? No. Should they be going on TikTok (laughs) and saying, I'm grounded and I'm not supposed to be on social media? No. Should I, as somebody who's never even heard of this person, be judging a 16-year-old or their parents' choices? No. So until this child— Wait, wait. How many parts do we have to be into? <laughs> whatever what, what y'all want. I'm, I'm just saying, whatever I might think of the specifics of the story, 
The fact that she's 16 makes okay. me say, you know what, Shapiro, take a step back. Let these people live their lives. It is not your place to judge and critique and criticize a teenager. So I'm going to say... Uh, hey, by that rubric, I too am not into it. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like, it would be different if this were an 18 or a 20-year-old. But she's 16. I'm not going to judge. I'm into this story just because the following sentence will be etched onto my soul forever. Quote, I tried to charter a helicopter from New York to Maryland on my dad's credit card because I wanted to have dinner with my camp friend. I mean, just that sentence alone. Did she mean her friend who was like super campy and gay? <laughs> like her, Because I'm totally into it if she meant her friend who was like high camp. Like <laughs> her friend who is over the top, super queer, my camp friend. Yeah. Yeah. But if she just meant some girl she met at summer camp, then no. I'm sorry. Oh, I think it's so dismissive camp. of girl camp relationships. <laughs> Maintained by helicopter. I'm just saying. You don't need to <laughs> slide into misogyny. But, you know, like I, I also miss my camp friends. Um, but no, we're still not into it. I miss we you shouldn't too, be Ollie. talking about this story. We're done. Yeah. Well, one last tidbit on the story. Sorry, because it's now going to change the lexicon. Because <laughs> you're the host. Oh yes. You get after, to decide when we're done. After she's like not being able to identify onions from garlic from shallots, the camera pans and there's this man with the fluffy dog behind her. And it's the babysitter's boyfriend. He's like the only person there in the house. The babysitter's not there. The parents are gone. And she starts asking this guy what his take on the whole thing is. And he says, it's a fiasco. No, wait, a fiasca, because it's feminine. What do you think about the helicopter fiasco? Oh, I like fiasca, because it's like the feminine form of fiasco. Oh, it's women's history month, so. And my only oh, hope is that fiasca enters our lexicon. So if, if it, Romy can it give us like fiasca, yeah, if Romy has given us fiasca as a word that I can use, uh, this was all worth it. I didn't even know where that story was going at first. You're like, the camera pans. And I'm like, it's a hamburger? No, the camera pans. It's Nicolas Cage, you know, just like other random Coppolas in the world. Uh, but this is also good. Sure. I will say the way that this short TikTok flowed, it was like a film. There were just layers. It was it was a Coppola production. Well, exactly. That's that's where is, is it nepotism or is it uh, genetic talent? Yeah, yes. obviously. Yes. All right, next question. And you might have to Google for this one. Um, are y'all into or not into New York City's new state tourism campaign, namely the new I Love New York logo? Apparently everybody hates it. Have y'all seen it? I'm looking. Isn't it like a rule of being a New Yorker to hate some stuff? Especially That's what makes you a New stuff. Yorker, bonding yeah. with other New Yorkers over hating That's the same thing. That's just remaining on brand. So do you want to know if we're we're hating New Yorkers for <laughs> hating oh, the thing? Oh, I see. So the we're heart, liking the thing. I want both. The heart is like an emoji-shaded heart. It's um, it's not just like the two-dimensional I heart New York. It's like it looks like you could see this animated heart bouncing up and down in the in the logo <laughs> or something like that, you know? I mean, you always take a risk when you make a change like this. I'm not into it because to me, it's the kind of thing that seems just like completely unnecessary. Um, mm. It's an iconic logo. And why mess with a classic? Yeah, I don't understand the hate. Also, it just some looks like people online mocking the sans serif, like <laughs> the font, <laughs> which is also absolutely perfect and correct. 
Yeah. The Times, of course, had a piece on this. And Rafi Schwartz, he's a writer and co-owner of Discourse Blog, he said of this logo, quote, This sucks on every conceivable level and also on some levels that exist beyond human perception. Right. Really taken Is it to the it next that level. So I'm remembering a moment after 9-11 where New Yorkers were nice to each other and it was really weird. And then when New Yorkers started being assholes again, everyone was like, oh, life as we knew it is returning. And similarly, I think that like, you know, during the pandemic, there was this mm-hmm. moment where everybody felt so precarious and they were cheering for essential workers. And the fact that now what people are spending their energy on is the <laughs> tourism logo is so like soul affirming. It means nature is healing. It's, nature is it healing. means nature is healing. So New I'm Yorkers really again. into it. I, New Yorkers I, yeah, hate again. I really feel good about this. I, I'm really happy to see it. I mean, it seems like we're not into it. Okay, not, not into, into it. it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm into the hating of the logo. <laughs> okay. Oh my god! Are we into the Why logo or the hating of the logo? You're making more work for us. <laughs> this so is this confused. everyone. This is what it was like to co-host with Ari. <laughs> he was like, "But what if we?" And I'd be like, "Stop talking. We don't want them to hear that because we don't want to do that extra stuff." My old editor, who y'all both know and love, Thani Maturi, she would have business Ugh. cards that just said yes. "Stop talking" on them, and she'd pass them out when she needed to. <laughs> I used to have a oh, cubicle next to Mathani, and she had a yellow flag and a red flag. And when I was on the phone, <laughs> if I was talking too loud, she would hold up the yellow flag first. I and then if it. I kept going or was really hollering, she would hold up the red flag. Amazing. Classic. Uh, classic. Classic. Classic human being. We love we, you, Mathani. We love you. We love you, Mathani. Uh, last question for y'all. Are y'all into or not into a new A24 film directed by David Lowry called Mother Mary, starring Anne Hathaway and Michaela Cole, with music by Jack Antonoff and Charlie XCX. A Ooh. film that's being called an epic pop melodrama. This is a lot. Mm. I'm into it because, first of all, all you had to say was Michaela Cole, and I'm yes. into it. Second of all, I'm ready for a new era in the Anne Hathaway narrative. I feel mm-hmm. like she's a very talented person who has gone through some periods of not great projects, and I'm rooting for her to do something that is just like, oh, yes, rocketing back into the tr- stratosphere. And I feel like if she and Michaela Cole have a real opportunity to play off each other with a great script and killer music, it, it could be one to watch. Yeah, I know you I'm, have thoughts about A24, Sam. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I think I do. I've heard them in the past. Um, but I actually agree with Ari on this, and I'm willing to be proven wrong if it's terrible. But casting-wise, I'm in, ready for the Hatha Renaissance, or whatever people call it. Renaissance. <laughs> uh, the Hatha way back. Renaissance. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I'm here for it. Yeah. I will say I am into this announcement alone just because it's like A24 Mad Libs. Mm-hmm. Like, A24 <laughs> has figured out so well how to be a caricature of A24 at this point. I love it. Like, but this film they, is... are ec- they are excellence embodied. It would be one yes. thing if these projects were so predictable stereotypical no, and cliche but they're, they're good. good yeah so this movie is called mother mary and in the movie uh anne hathaway plays a fictional musician and it's all about her relationship with an iconic fashion designer played by michaela cole and the music's going to come from jack antonoff and charlie xcx it's literally like if you went to uh an a24 film plot generator it would pump out this yeah and I'm like straight into my veins, baby. Pump it in. I'm so ready for it. I'm You're so ready for it. You're also not going to get me to bash a film that's not a tentpole 
blockbuster, right? Yeah. Completely. Or, yes. or uh, kind of a high art horror. Because yeah. it just feels like those things are the things that are doing really well right now. Mm-hmm. And I just am rooting for everyone who's trying to make something in other kinds of genres that makes Absolutely. use of these actors in different and inventive ways. Yeah. Um, like, sure, whatever you want. You know what I mean? If people, mm-hmm. if, if the person is not wearing a cape, I'm here for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Could not agree more. New IP is good IP. Yes, there we go. New Into IP it. is good IP. Yes. Into yes. it. I think we've reached the end of the game. I'm so Let's bad at Let's not choose a winner. Oh, Let's we're just choosing have a kumbaya a embrace. Oh. We're choosing a winner. And I, I mean, part of me wants to say Ari lost because he hasn't watched Succession yet, but I'm not going to be that cruel. <laughs> I'm not going to be that cruel. I'm going to let... Honestly, I think... The game is rigged. Now, Ari should win because he kept dividing each category into so many things. <laughs> so he earned I'm into extra sub point points. To be. Yeah, like he earned extra I'm points I'm not from into that. sub um, point. I five. want that for I'm him. going to declare this a tie. No, I don't I want it. Both, I don't I want decide. it. You don't want you don't Audie, want the so no, You've been no. watching too much succession. I don't want Audie. it. This is a La La Land situation. I'm running up on stage and I'm saying, no, no. Moonlight Wait, are won. you Moonlight or am You're I Moonlight? moonlight. moonlight. It is yours. Culture Geist. Culture Geist. You're listening to Culture Geist. Culture Geist. I don't know, y'all. And now for a segment we're calling Culture Geist. About all the things we can't stop thinking about. The culture that's haunting you, haunting me, haunting all of us, for better or worse. Hi Sam, my name is Eli, I live in Washington DC, and I had a culture geist moment this past weekend where my, so my, my fiance and I are getting married and in the lead up to it, we've been watching a lot of wedding themed movies. And so this weekend it was Mamma Mia. Uh, and we, after the movie was done, we were remarking on the soundtrack. It's all, you know, all ABBA music. and. My fiance turns to me and says that she had the song Dancing Queen as one of her hit clips. And as soon as she said that, I got really confused. And then I remembered that hit clips were this thing of my childhood. So I immediately went to my phone. I freaked out a little bit. I I typed it in and I was just taken aback at how much I'd forgotten that this really weird, almost pseudo-MP3 player existed, and even while MP3 players already did exist. Coming at you right between the ears is Hit Clips. Music to get you grooving. Hit Clips is a slick micro-audio system. This type package is small. It pumps out monster sound. Uh, It just took me back to this time where these ridiculous things were very mainstream and people had them. I've just been thinking about it ever since. These songs available now. More this fall, you can collect them all. Hit clips. Each sold separately. Hi, Sam and the Intuit crew. This is Sarah calling from 
of Montour Falls, New York, in the Finger Lakes region. And my culture geist is a very short line from the movie As Good As It Gets. Um, I saw that movie in high school once. I'm sure that I only watched it once because I don't even remember liking it that much. But at one point in that movie, the main character says, good times and noodle salad. And I remember he talks about the fact that when you're having noodle salad, it's usually because of a good time. Um, So the line is good times, noodle salad. We all have these terrible stories to get over and you... It's not true. Some of us have great stories, pretty stories that take place at lakes with boats and friends and noodle salad. Just no one in this car, but a lot of people, that's their story. Good times, noodle salad. But for years, if somebody has said good times, I'll reply noodle salad or I'll just say the whole thing myself and... I thought that was a popular film, but maybe not a lot of people saw it because the number of people who have no clue what I'm talking about is is fascinating. Um, so yeah, good times, noodle salad for however many years. That line has been stuck in my head and used by me on a semi-regular basis. Hi, my name's Anna Graham from Glenview, Illinois, and my culture geist is a clip of Brendan Mulligan from the TV show Game Changer on Dropout TV. Brennan, I know what's going on here. I know what's going on here. Okay? I do. Do you? Uh, Game Changer is a game show where the game changes every episode. Games can be anything from like a Simon Says type game to a game where you create a sales pitch for a keyboard with only the letter P on it. Um, It's wonderfully insane. Um, But the clip I'm obsessed with is from a season two episode called Yes and No. Uh, In this episode, contestants have to guess what the rule of the game is. Uh, The only catch is that every round, the only question they get is yes or no. Um, So there is a contestant on the show, Brendan Lee Mulligan, and he's introduced as the all-time game changer champion. He's been on the show a bunch of times. He wins every single time. Um, But as this episode progresses, Brendan loses miserably. He has zero points, while the other contestants have six or seven points. They they figure out the rule of the game. Um, but by the end of it, you realize that the rule of the game is that Brent cannot win. They're in the loop. I'm the only one out of the loop, it would seem. <laughs> and if we check my point total here, I don't need to walk to the front because I know what it is. It's a big old goose egg, gang. And he delivers one of the weirdest, most unhinged, hilarious monologues I've ever seen anyone improvise. Brought to us from our friends in Arabia, a little bit of trivia that I happen to know about the history of numbers. That kind of little tidbit would serve me well in most trivia games, unless it had been rigged from the beginning. Brendan riffs on the history of the number zero to the improbability of not even accidentally scoring a point in this game. You would think in a game where there were only two possible correct choices that one would stumble into the right answer every so often, wouldn't you? In fact, the probability of never guessing right in the full game is a statistical wonder. And yet, here we are. To the story of Icarus flying too close to the sun. Introduced at the top of the game as a champion, what do you think that means? 
Icarus flying too close to the sun. But it seems Daedalus, our little master crafter over here, had some wax wings of his own, didn't he? Wanted to see his son fall. fall um, it's so insane that after the monologue, one of the contestants, Allie, uh, turns to the hosts and asks if Brendan was really in on the bit. <laughs> Okay, are we? Did we think we were in on it, but actually Brennan is the only one in on it, and that was rehearsed? It's just wonderful. I cannot recommend it more. Uh, So thank you, uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan and the Game Changer cast for creating my absolute favorite culture geist. Peace, everybody. Bye. What is the rule of the game? Can we all say win that is correct brennan you cannot win the game Uh. thanks again to anna sarah and eli listeners do you have a culture geist a thing in the culture that's been haunting you for days or weeks or even years share it with us the more specific you are the better just send us a short voice memo at intuit at vulture.com Intuit at Vulture.com. All right, Intuit is hosted by me, Sam Sanders. The show is produced by Janae West, Travis Larchuk, Gabby Grossman, Jelani Carter, and Taka Zinn. Our fearless editor is Jordana Hokeman. Our engineer is Daniel Turek. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And Hannah Rosen is the head of audio at New York Magazine. All right, listeners, we are back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Till then, be good to yourselves. All right, bye. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, (laughs) but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series, Running Sucks, brought to you by Team Milk, Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon, taking place in Savannah, Georgia, on November 16, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com.